Hi, I'm Pastor Peter Dosick, and I know that you know that. But I want to encourage you that you understand the values of your church. What is important, the first and foremost important thing about a believer's life is that they have faith. They believe in God, 
They believe in his ways, his counsel, his statutes, and his judgment. So, as a believer, as a member of Only Believe Ministries Christian Center, come together, let's grow in faith so we can please God and glorify him. We believe in building strong friendships, caring for one another, and watching out for our brothers and our sisters in our church family. We also believe in nurturing relationships in our workplace, in our neighborhood, so that we can win people to Jesus. The love we experience in our upward connection with Christ is the love we strive to share every single day because we value relationships. It is no secret around here that one of our top values is being a rescuer for Christ. You may be saying, Nicole, I don't know how to rescue somebody. What if they're broke? What if they need mended? That's okay. If they do, you're in the right place at the right time. Remember, it's not our job to fix anyone. That's God's job. But it is our job to share the love of Jesus Christ, like someone shared with you. Share his love. Share your testimony. It'll work. Just here with a quick reminder for you that we still have the school tools bin out here in the main foyer. We really are in need of donations so that we can help families in need here in the Shelby County area. And this bin will be out here in the foyer until August 2nd. So you have until Sunday, August 2nd to put those donations in this bin. And for me, this is personally something that means a lot to me because I remember a time when I waited in those lines as a kid in school needing school supplies because my family just couldn't afford it. So let's all go out and be a rescuer to our community and help those that are really need during this time. Thanks. Well, good evening, family of faith. How are you all doing? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, uh, rewind. Okay, that was a that was a mistake. That was technical difficulties. Please excuse that. Okay, let's try it again. Hey, family of faith, how you doing tonight? Woo! That's right. We are glad to be in the house of the Lord. I just got a few things for you. Uh, first, I want to talk about if this is your very first time here or your first couple of times here, we'd like to welcome you. And there is a card in back of all the pews that say, let's get connected. If you would just take that card and fill it out, you can drop it either in the offering buckets or out at the Welcome Center. We would love to meet you and connect with you. Um, if you see someone you don't know that's sitting beside you, say, hey, is it your first time here? Let me help you. Let's help people beside us in our rows. Amen? Amen. Um, also, I want to remind you something very simple, but I just want to remind you. If you are not feeling well, please stay home. <laughs> please don't come to the church hacking and not feeling good and passing things along. We don't want it. We don't want it. But there is a beautiful thing called live streaming. And it is a wonderful platform that we have at this church and that we use weekly. Every time we have a service, there is live streamers. So welcome, live streamers. Good to see you. Let me just give you all just a little caveat of how much impact we have on live streamers. So when we were closed down and the church building was closed down, but we were still live streaming, I want you all to understand there were 15 
salvations that happen through live streaming. Isn't that amazing? Praise God that we had the ability to live stream and reach out to people. And there was even someone who was live streaming, and it was a gentleman who was in prison. And they had our live stream piped in, and he messaged us and said, hey, I want that Jesus. I want what you guys have. So I encourage you, if you don't feel well, stay home. We live stream on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and we have about every service between 60 and 100 people live streaming. So it's a great way to also share the feed. If you're home, share the feed. Get that feed out there, okay? Awesome. Also want to remind you one more thing. Farmer's Market is still going on in the wonderful, huge town of Sydney, Ohio. <laughs> Sorry, I live there. I just love Sydney. It's just in me. I love it. But the Farmer's Market is still happening every single Saturday. Dave Hewitt is there with a team, and they hand out free hot dogs and water to people who come. And they get to tell them about Jesus. And I know I was talking with David, and he said that he was ministering to a lady who was just blown away by the fact that we would hand out stuff for free. She said, well, well, can I pay? And he said, no, this is just because Jesus loves you. We just want to show you the love of Christ. So that is being the hands and feet of Jesus. So if you want to get involved with that, head on out to the Welcome Center. You can sign up and get involved with that as well. Now, my favorite part. Who's ready to worship? Amen. If you would stand on up, stand on up to your feet. Let's worship our Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, 
Change. 
sing this tonight. When I lift my voice. When I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority. Jesus has given me.
good to fellowship with you. It's good to be with family. Amen? So uh, it's offering time here at Only Believe Again. It's giving time. We get to give every week, every service if it's up to me. A couple times a year, Dad will look at me and say, you think we need to take an offering? I'm like, yes. He says, why? I said, because that's how people release their faith. Faith. Come on. Everyone looks at the mighty dollar and thinks it's greedy. That's not what God thinks it is. Amen. So on Sunday, I reminded you that in Malachi, the third chapter, the 10th verse, that it said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. But the Bible tells us that tithing is a way that we put our trust in God and we place him first, right? If God owns everything already, does he need your money? Come on, come on. No, we need tithing. We need to look outside of ourselves and give and see the needs of others. See, the first thing your tithe does is come into the storehouse and provide for that which your derriere is sitting on and what you're seeing and what you're hearing. See, all those are apart because it takes care of your local church. It also takes care of our local communities like David going out on the streets on in Sydney. All those hot dogs, all those waters, that's all free, the hot dog cart, because that's where these things are going so that we can reach our community, right? We took our eyes off of us and put it on them. But tithing is an act of your faith. And let me tell you this, this is important. It keeps your priorities straight. Because when you take that out of what you've made or what God's given you first, you set him in that place. You set him in the place that says, you are the most important thing to me and I trust you with what you've given me and I will be a good manager of what you've given me. That's called a steward. That's you and I. So let's remember today that tithing is not about God. Tithing is about you and I. And we needed tithing and he set it in place for us. Amen? So tonight as you give, keep that on your heart. Father, we just come before you here at Only Believe. And God, we thank you for the opportunity to give yet again. We get to give to the house of the Lord. We get to set you first in our life. We get to release our faith in the area of money. We get to see you faithful in all things. We thank you for it, Lord, and we count it. Right now, God, we place a value on what you said and we know that your word will not return void and we thank you for it lord these promises are ours and we claim them in the name of jesus amen bring your tithes and offerings up tonight and we're going to get right into the word Yes, I am on. I'm going to be preaching on the decline of a world. 
It had to do right in line with a faithless world. And we're going to take it right into the steps and the leading of the son of perdition. So you uh, can join me and learn something about the kingdom. And then this next, uh, well, it's really not the next, I guess it is next week, isn't it? Man, August the 3rd, we, uh, we have other churches that we've invited in, other pastors to be a part of this. And uh, so next week on Monday, August the 3rd, Wednesday, August the 5th, Friday, August the 7th, we are joining together to fast uh, for things that are taking place in our churches and in our nation. There are 20 churches nationwide with over 8,000 8, members participating in these next three days. And uh, so August the 3rd will be a day of fasting. Well, well, how can I do that? Shut your mouth and don't put anything in it. Now, if you need to take something for medication, take it. But if you need a 16-ounce steak to swallow a pill, I encourage you, go back to your doctor. That means that we are going to sustain from earthly pleasures as well as food for the purpose of the work of the kingdom. And we are going to be looking at praying for the virus and the subduing of it, the defeat of it, and the cleansing of our nation from it and its effects. Amen? And then on Wednesday, August the 5th, it will be a day of prayer. We're just going to pray. We're going to pray. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll pray in tongues. You can pray psalms. You can pray things that God puts on your heart. Pray for our nation. Pray for our president. Pray for our leaders. And then on Friday, August the 7th, it's going to be a day of praise. Now, we'll be giving you some more information on Sunday about these. And uh, so it's going to be a day of praise on Friday. Simply get away and just thank God. Have a grateful heart of what God is doing in day one, and day two, and day three is the day of celebration. So we're asking you to join us with that, and let's bump that 8,000 up, and uh, let's get more people involved. Amen? And uh, so that's this coming next week, and we've got some things following that. Praise the Lord. So uh, tonight is a night where we get together and uh, we uh, preach for a little while, but then we uh, come together and we uh, pray in different aspects of our church. And we have lots of things to pray for. We have so much going on, lots of changes here at uh, Only Believe Ministries Christian Center in Botkins. I don't know about you, but I like change. I hate conformity. I hate staying the way that you are. If you stay the way you are, death will catch you quick. I've always determined this, that as long as I'm moving, I can't die. The problem with people that die, they quit moving. Just keep moving. I'm telling you, keep moving. It can't catch you. Even if you're shuffling, it can't catch you. So you want to move, amen? And uh, so we want to pray for 
uh, people to get all the changes going on, get adjusted to them. Some people say, oh, we, we just got so much going on. I, I know it. Look at your body, how much change it's went through. <laughs> Amen? And no matter how much you tuck it, pluck it, it keeps changing. Amen? It's amazing how much people accept the change that goes on in them but refuses change that'll help move it on into another generation. And uh, we love uh, the generation that we're serving, but you know what you and I both know, one day we're going to die. We're going to take our next breath. And what we leave, hopefully, is as powerful as what Elijah left in the cave. And uh, so, uh, Philip, what do you got going on over at Kenton? Well, <laughs> the good thing is, is that uh, right now we got our um, fire inspection done. So we got to get our electrical and our occupancy done. But tentatively on the 16th, we're going to have our first service on Sunday morning, August 16th, August we'll have 16th. our first Sunday morning service. That's in the new church building. Yep. And then at 6.30, you're going to come over and help us do an evening service to celebrate opening up the new church. Yeah, why, why do you want to have me over there? I mean, <laughs> because you're our father in the faith. You're the Amen. apostolic anointing that you helped. Know, in the Crow Nation, they call me a crow. Because, oh, because you're white. They, they call me a crow because I've been there so much and I impacted their nation. And uh, what do black people call me? <laughs> oh, in in uh, Uganda, they call you the miracle monster. <laughs> yeah, but what do does Rick and uh, the black churches call me? Uh, what oh, yeah. is, uh, I forget. You forgot your American... Yeah, we talked about Yeah, we talked about it this morning. I'm um, telling you. No, no, no. They, uh, man, I cannot believe I'm forgetting. I'm on a spot right now. I don't uh, believe uh, you uh, either. You uh, forgot my nickname. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man, I'm sorry. oh man, I can't even believe you, Philip. I'll bet your brother Eric. What is your name? My name's Philip. Yeah, well, how's that feel? I forgot your name. Uh, so, uh, and then Kylan, uh, his like third Wednesday night, uh, he uh, is just running great. The crowds are just up and expanding, and uh, good things are happening. Randy's over there uh, building their children's church and uh, all that kind of stuff. So uh, things are just going great over there. And uh, we want to, during this prayer and fasting, we want to pray that our Dayton campus gets a building. We need a building. And uh, so that Rick can get in there and uh, preach. And uh, so if not, we're going to make him an online pastor. Nobody wants to see him, but they want to hear him. And that, uh, you know, comes. So God is doing a lot of great things, a lot of growth in the church and in the kingdom but we want to make sure that we keep jesus first and foremost amen hallelujah uh praise god let's turn our bibles tonight to matthew 120 matthew 120 
We're going to talk tonight again along the lines of healing. And this is a great study for you to do, not just in, in our service, but to do it at home. In Matthew 1.20 it says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. One of the ways that the gifts of the Spirit are manifest are in dreams and visions. And uh, this is a word of knowledge, the foretelling of something. And it says, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now the word save there comes from a Greek word which means sozo, S-O-Z-O, and it means a multitude, but it is an all-encompassing word. It's just like if you would say, well, that man is a sinner. You would may be making an all-encompassing statement about him. That man is separated from God. He is under the dominion of Satan. He is dominated by Satan. Satan rules his life. He is cursed. He has no inheritance with God. If he prays, God will not hear him. You would say all of that. So when a man says that he is saved, he is declaring sozo the all-encompassing total word of salvation. And it means to save, it means to deliver, it means to heal, to make whole, it means to rescue from suffering of disease, it means to restore one to health, it means to make one whole. So that word means so many things, but when we say, well, we're saved, we really forget what it means. So if we are saved, then we are what? We are healed. We are the delivered. We are the protected. We are those that are made whole. We are those that are freed from the suffering of disease. Now, you may not think it about it like that, but that's really who we are. If I say that, uh, you know, I'm a squirrel, it means that I, I'm attracted to nuts. And uh, so you, our, our definition of ourself carries with it a broader sense than what we usually think about. And so we have to realize that we would be free from our sin. And if you're free from sin, then you would have to be free from all of its side effects. Amen? It's like sin has uh, symptoms. Uh, you know, joylessness, depression, uh, eternity without Christ. It has things that come with it that you can't separate from it. But when sin is done away with, when it's erased, when it's washed away in the blood of Christ, what are we? We are saved. Amen? If sin leaves our life, then we are no longer 
children of disobedience, no longer cursed children, no longer separated from the covenants of God, Ephesians 2, 12 down through 18. We are no longer penalized by being under the dominion of sin. Somebody say we're free. Absolutely, we are. Salvation from sin includes forgiveness of sin as well as healing and wholeness. Let's go to Psalms 103, verse 1 through 3. Can we have that on the screen? Psalms 103. And it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, the benefits that we are looking at tonight are found in the word salvation, in the word salvation. And it says, God, or who, forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Next verse. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Next verse. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. What is that that God tells us, don't forget benefits. Remember, he forgiveth our diseases, our iniquities, and healeth all our diseases. What does God do for us? He not only forgives us, but then he saves us or sozos us, and this is a list of words that sozo means. And so when we get forgiven, we get the benefits. Don't forget the benefits. Don't just have the name of Christianity except its benefits and its inheritance. Amen? So don't be afraid to go to the refrigerator if somebody adopts you. If you adopt me, you're going to have to feed me. Amen? All right. So we see in Psalms 105, 1 through 5, that forgiveness equals the manifestation or the activity of God healing us. In other words, restoring us, bringing us back to wholeness, bringing us back to a place of sonship with God. Now, let's go to uh, Matthew 9, 20 and 26. 9, 20 and 26. This word in this verse means the same thing, sozo. And it says, Behold a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood for 12 years. Now she came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Next verse. There you go. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about. When he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee, what? Whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. That word whole means sozo. Thy faith hath 
made you whole. Thy faith has set you free from that which did not belong to you. That woman knew that if any prophet could or did carry with him an anointing or could do anything that God said a prophet would do or that had been recorded from the prophets previous that she was a recipient of it as being a daughter of Abraham. So she understood that if this man that is of God is going about healing all those that are sick, guess what? He has to heal me. See, it wasn't a question whether he would. She just said, this is what I need to do. She never questioned whether she'd get healed. All she was, did was define how she would receive. And so this word whole means this. Jesus could have said, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath saved thee. That would have been the same meaning as the word whole. So let's go to Matthew 8, 23 to 27. Now I know that I could quote these, but it's better if we look at them because sometimes we never look at these words as they are connected to the totality of our forgiveness or our uh, born-again experience. And it says, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. <clears throat> and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose, rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. So they asked Jesus, save us. Did Jesus at that time wash them from their sins? No. What did he do? He preserved them and delivered them. And it's as much a part of your salvation to live in protection and deliverance as it is to live free from sin. Amen? Hallelujah. Absolutely right. Now let's go to uh, Matthew 5.22. And we're just reading these so that we can look at these scriptures and get them in our heart so that we can start referencing with our mind when we say we're saved, then that's making a decree. Hey, I'm delivered. I'm healed. I am set free. I'm whole. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the counsel. Next verse. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and therefore remember that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave thy gift there before the altar and go thy way and be reconciled unto thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. 
One more verse. And agree with thine adversary quickly while thou art in the way with him, least at any time thy adversary deliver thee unto the judges, and the judge deliver thee unto the officer, and thou be cast into prison. What does that have to do with being saved? Being saved when we are sozo, when we are forgiven, we are empowered to view others through the eyes, not of criticism, not of judgment, not of comparison, but in we view them through the viewpoint of value. Could have given amen. We are not to speak evil of a brother or speak down, look down. And in the world that we live in, so much of what comes out of our mouth is comparison. I mean, you could be telling somebody how great somebody was and the guy would listen for an hour and at the end of it he, said, he would say, yeah, but do you know he did this? There's always the negative that we are not to have in it. Remember, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We must never judge people because when we got sozo saved, guess what? We got the heart of God put on the inside of our life. The Bible said God will take out the stony heart and put in us a heart of flesh, a heart of understanding, a heart of compassion, a heart of motivation, of love. So when we get saved, we're not just forgiven, but we are empowered with love. Amen? We are empowered with love. I've heard Christians say, well, you know, I just can't love them. Well, you need to get saved. Now, I do understand what you are alluding to. You are alluding to, I'm struggling to be what God wants me to be. But you have been empowered to be more than what you have ever been. Amen? See, when we're saved, we're not common. Come on, we've been transformed and we have been changed. Praise God. So let's go to uh, Luke 18, verse 40. Luke 18, 40. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come, he asked him, saying, What will thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Watch Jesus' verbiage. Go ahead, next verse. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath what? Saved thee. See, salvation and healing are inseparable. Now, what we can do is we can claim one benefit and neglect the other. But if we want to change things, the same faith that brought us salvation is the same faith that brings us its benefits. You say, it can't be that simple. It is that simple. It is by grace through 
And so here Jesus tells this man, you know what? Thy faith hath saved thee, sozo thee. So in other words, when we get saved, we have the fullness of the word. You can't just be called a Christian. If you're called a Christian, you have the benefits of Christianity. Amen? Amen? There's a reason that people ask you to pray. There's a reason that you grant the opportunity to pray for them because you know and they know that you can touch God, and that's a part of sozo. And so we as Christians need to realize that words like whole, healed, delivered, not perishing, rescued, all of those things mean saved. Now, what is the process of salvation? We hear, we believe in our heart, and we express our acceptance and acknowledgement of it by faith through words. Is that right? And then, whether you would argue about, I don't believe in that confession or speak it and name it and claim it and blab it and grab it, you start telling people you're saved. You have no evidence. The only thing that you have that would even allude to your salvation is what God said happened to you when you said what you were supposed to. And you go around telling everybody that you're saved. Well, how about just putting faith in the other benefits of who you are when you believed in your heart, confessed with your mouth, you were saved, you were delivered, you were made whole, you were rescued, you were protected, you were healed, and you were restored. All of that comes about by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Now, can a man believe in his heart and not confess with his mouth and be saved? Can he? No, you can't get milk out of a, a bull, and you can't, but you can't get milk out of a cow. Look, you can't get saved if you don't express faith in salvation. Now, let me ask you this. Can you be healed without expressing your faith? No. Remember, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. You express your faith when you call for the elders. They express their faith when they pray over you. And Jesus himself ascends and raises you up. Now, no more could a man be saved without faith, and no more could a man be healed without faith. You can believe it all, but unless you start applying faith with it, it doesn't happen. Amen? Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before heaven. But if you don't confess me before men, I won't confess you before the Father and the angels. Amen. The words that you speak, the faith 
that you express, the confession that you make determines God's activity in your life. So if salvation is already, if healing and wholeness and deliverance is already involved in you being saved, how about just extending your faith to apprehend the benefits? Amen? Let's just expand our faith and apprehend the benefits. Praise God. Philip, you're going to be first tonight. Will you come up here and join us? And uh, you're going to lead us in prayer tonight, Philip. And you're going to pray not only for this virus, but you're going to pray for the people to be encouraged, to be enriched, to be helped. And uh, we're going to see God break forth. I'm, look, if, if nothing comes out of our mouth, there'll be no movement from God. Amen. God. Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead and pray, Philip. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just ask you in Jesus' name to just take authority, God, over all the impact of the coronavirus, God. Father, the unrest and God, the thing, issues with racism, God, and just yes. the unsettled condition of our nation, Father. Lord, we break the principalities and powers that's trying to drive division and strife and fear and darkness, God. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just ask you to restore peace and faith and hope, God. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that the impact of the virus and these things that are stirring in our nation, God, and across this world, that they would be resolved and they would yes. come to nothing, Father, and that, God, your spirit would be poured out, Father. The word says that you are going to pour out your spirit yes. and your glory Amen. is going to fill the earth, God. And, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that you bring it to pass and we thank you for it. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Phyllis, will you come up here and pray for the people's finances? Nicole's going to have all you join hands, but she said, oh, we can't. <laughs> oh, we can. Well, we, we won't. Elbows. <laughs> okay. We aren't going to do elbows and we ain't doing hands. <laughs> We're going <laughs> You stay six feet apart. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, we're so happy and so grateful to be here. And God, your word says, David said he's never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. Yes. Now, God, you've given us power and authority over every demon, every demonic force, <clears throat> every devil through that name of Jesus. Now, I take authority right now, and you said to bind the strong man. We bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus from coming against any of these people out here with their finances or with their jobs. Now, God, I just loose you, Father, your word to go forth, Father, and to make sure, God, that every one of these people out here does not lose their job. Father, I ask you for the money to come into their hands from the north, the south, the east and the west, Lord, to come into their hands. God, I don't care if it's through insurance, through 
some other way, but God bring it into their households. They shall never have lack, God, because they consider the poor and they give to the poor. And your word says that we will never have lack. You said, God, to bring you back into the remembrance of your word. And that's what I'm doing tonight, Lord. And we want to thank you. We want to thank you, God, that you have brought uh, money and finances into our lives and you have protected our jobs, Father, that we have right now. Now, God, we give you glory and praise, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God, we decree that every need is met. Yes. We decree, God, that favor is given. We decree, God, that little in a righteous person's hand is much. We yes. thank you, God, that you've called us to prosper according yes. to our accordance of our soul prospering. God, you take pleasure in the prosperity of your saints. Yeah. And God, we want to thank you that, Father, you are our shepherd and we do not want. We will not want, God. We will not uh, give in, God, to lack. We won't give yeah. in to poverty, God. Yeah. Father, you are the God that makes all things new. You are the God of increase. You are the God of blessing. God, you said that we were blessed going in and blessed going out. You said, God, that you blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And God, we are your sons and your daughters. God, you are a provider of your house of faith. And God, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Uh, Tim, where is Tim? Come up here, Tim. Yes, you did pray for me. Hallelujah. Okay, good deal. Well, I actually am going to ask you to hold somebody's hand. If you are a parent and your kids are by you, grab their hands real quick. We can do that. We're going to pray for you guys as we head back into the school year. Yeah. So, Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus, and I pray first off for every parent here, uh, Father, that's just doesn't have clarity about what's coming with this new school year as things are still being figured out. Father, I pray that you would just give supernatural and divine wisdom to each and every parent, Father, that you would give them peace. Father, that in the midst of all this confusion that seems to be out in the world right now, that, Father, we would walk with peace because you are leading us. And, Father, we trust in you. I pray for every student, God, that they would have peace. Father, in the midst of all this uncertainty that, God, they would know that you're going to be faithful to them. And whatever comes, you're going to be faithful to lead us, Father, for you are a good Father. That you can give us peace that surpasses all understanding. When the world looks like they're out of sorts and confused, we're going to have peace because our God is with us. And I pray that over our students, Father, that they would trust in you, that they would see your faithfulness in this season. And, Father, we do pray for the schools. God, we pray that you would give them wisdom. Father, that they would know how to move forward, Father, and to be able to provide the safest atmosphere and give this great education to our students, Father. We thank you for it, God. We thank you for these schools. We ask that you would just, God, do a work in our nation, God. Just bring healing from this virus, Father. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Father, we pray for every child. That is going to school. We pray, God, that a spirit of excellence would be upon them as was up on your people in the old covenant. We pray, God, that the spirit of favor would be upon them. 
We ask God that they would receive knowledge. We ask God that they would understand it, be able to articulate it, be able to use it, be able to put it into motion, that God, they would be able to successfully achieve those things that knowledge has empowered them to do. We ask, God, that you would raise them up and bring them before great men as you did Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We pray, God, that all the great men and women that you've used, God, in the kingdom, that, God, you would use this generation. Let this generation, these that are born for this time, God, let them be wise, let them be understanding, let them be quick to comprehend and quick to understand. Now, God, we thank you that, God, you will bring them before great men and women. They will be leaders of our nation. And, God, we thank you for it. We ask you to protect their hearts and their minds, God, from anything that is anti-Christ, anti-truth, anti-purity, anti-holiness, God, anti-Jesus, anti-God, and, Father, as well as anti-family and anti-faith. And God, we thank you for these things in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we thank you. The Bible says in Mark, the 16th chapter, it says, They that believe shall be what? Saved. They shall be delivered. They shall be made whole. They shall be healed. They shall be protected. They shall not perish. They shall be rescued. They will be prosperous. And out of that same scripture, it says that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Somebody say, I'm recovered. What I am, what I've received, I can freely give. And it says, they that believe shall have signs following them. Somebody say, I have signs following me. Signs and wonders, miracles, and healing and deliverance, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, that I will handle devils, serpents, and scorpions. Oh, don't tire out on me. No, come on, gee, money. It's been 30 seconds. It's not even a commercial in the movie you watch. Come on, hallelujah. I want to thank you, God, that I will take up serpents and scorpions. They will not harm me, but God, I will rule them. I want to thank you, God, that I will speak with the language of faith, the language of love, the language of unity, and I will speak with other tongues. I want to thank you, God. I am a bona fide, sealed by your spirit, blood washed, redeemed, believing nightmare for the devil. Hallelujah. We'll see you Sunday morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yo, sir. Hey, live streamers, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yes, Don't in the black community, the they call me Pastor Dosak is a beast. About. We're going to be posting points for that on our and social media pages, an, so be sure to uh, check that out, and we'll see you back here at 10 a.m. on Sunday.